Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today on this Saturday. We're continuing the series Sexy Saturday with probably the least sexy woman I will ever do on Sexy Saturday, Ellie Kemper. And I would say she's not the choice or woman that I've done on Sexy Saturday. This has had the least amount of a career. I'd probably say Gabrielle Anwar was probably more... Uh, of a woman who had less of a career, but she was more of a, a beautiful woman from my my high school, college days. Ellie Kemper's definitely been on more stuff. Her movie career is not as extensive, probably perhaps, as her, her television work. She's more known for her television work. But as you guys know, who are longtime devotees to this feed, which started just a few months ago in January, I like cute. I don't like sexy. And so a lot of you guys are like, where's peak Angelina Jolie? You know, where's where's peak Anna de Armas? Well, Anna de Armas, I have a standalone episode on Anna de Armas about her career. So I, I, I'm, where's, where's peak Cameron Diaz? I like cute. And Ellie Kemper is the type of girl that, to me, is almost the type of, of a perfect wife type. Because, look, again, I don't know her. There's that old say, I don't know. I don't know you from Adam. I don't know her, but her roles are all pretty consistent in that she kind of like is like Ella Fisher, who we've who've done here before, in that they're both redheads and they're both fun size petite and they're just very kind of chippy and, and fun and and and, and kind of spontaneous. But that's what I like about Ellie Kepper is that she's cute. She's really cute. She's pretty, she's nice on the eyes, she's not like Margot Robbie, high-level gorgeous, or Eva Green, high-level gorgeous. No way. And I'm going to concede that very early on in this episode that Ellie Kemper is not nearly as beautiful as many of the women out there. But she's very cute, and she seems very sweet. And for that reason, uh, that's why I like her. In terms of her physiognomic traits, she is 5'5". She currently is 43 years old. And she has light brown eyes. Where would you know Ellie Kemper from? Well, probably she is most known for being in Bridesmaids. And we'll get that to a second. But she is from Kansas City, Missouri. So she probably knows John Hamm and Paul Rudd and all these Midwestern guys that are from that area. Uh, she comes from very, very wealthy family. The Kemper family in Missouri is an old banking family. And... They are one of the most wealthiest families in Missouri. They are loaded. So she comes from absolutely loaded money. Now, when she was 19, this came out uh, a few years ago. She was a debutante in the Veiled Prophet Ball when she was 19 and was named Veiled Prophet's Queen of Love and Beauty. Now, there was some like backlash to this because the Veiled Prophet Ball has been described as racist and elitist in that there were some connections to this ball back in its heyday uh, of, of kind of being a, a pro-white supremacist group and all that. And she came out when this when there were pictures of her as 
the queen of this thing when she was 19. She's like, you know, I don't know any of these things. It kind of reminds you of Rory and Gilmore Girls when she's in the debutante ball. She's like, I don't know. These are just a bunch of old people balls. I, I, didn't, I didn't know enough about it. And she said, you know, I'll even quote her. Quote, I'm unaware of the events, unquestionably racist, sexist, and elitist past. And now she's been old enough to educate herself. Well, about the elitist past, I mean, you grew up in the elite, elite Missouri family, so I'm pretty sure you knew about that. But, you know, in the woke world, you got to apologize for everything. Either way, smart girl. She went to Princeton University. She graduated from there. And I knew the connection was here. She was taught by John Hamm, most famous for Mad Men, also was in Bridesmaids. And at that time, he was a teacher at the high school that she went to, and he taught her. Later on, she got into a lot of the comedy troops in Princeton, and then later on in her career, in her early to mid-20s, when she was trying to get her big break, she was doing improv theater. She was in UCB, the Upright Citizen Brigade. That's where that's one of like the two or three big conduits that SNL gets there performers. So she definitely has uh, that that kind of history of doing improv. In 2008, she actually tried out and auditioned for Saturday Night Live, but she was not cast. And man, if she would have gotten in in 2008, that's like, to me, and I know this is iconoclastic to those who love the original SNL cast or the ones who, who love the, the, the cast that was big when I was a kid. That would have been Dana Carvey, Mike Myers, Phil Hartman, that cast was amazing. Chris Rock, Sandler, that, that whole group. But the 2008 to 2012, I honestly think is the best one. I have a very early episode, I think episode 20, if you go back to January, on ways to fix Saturday Night Live because I've always loved that show. But in 2008, had she gone in, this would have been with Kristen Wiig, Sudeikis, Fred Armisen, Bill Hader, that group, that whole, that just peak, peak time. Either way, she gets her big break finally when she gets in the office. And she was in the office for quite some time as Aaron, Aaron Hannon. Now, I was not a fan of The Office. That's not to say I don't like The Office, but I think The Office was a little after my time in terms of, of comedies. I'm a guy in his late 40s, and so I've always been more of like mid-90s television on NBC, like Friends and so forth. So I, I didn't watch 30 Rock and The Office and Parks and Rec live. I know people in my life who love these shows. I'm not saying The Office isn't good. I know it's iconic, especially for millennials. But she was on that show for several seasons, kind of in the mid-seasons to the late seasons. So when she's doing that from 2009 to 2013, she's also doing some of the movies. So the first kind of big movie I would say she's in is she's in... Bridesmaids. Uh, she didn't get him to the Greek, but she has a small role in that. We talked about that movie in the Jonah Hill retrospective. But she's in Bridesmaids, and this is one of the places where I fell in love with her because I knew at the time she was on The Office, but I didn't watch it. But Bridesmaids, she plays Becca, and Becca is the sweet girl out of that group. So we know Maya Rudolph isn't one getting married. Kristen Wiig is the lead. Rose Byrne, who's been another Sexy Saturday, is the kind of frenemy. Then you have, I'm going to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20. 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. And then the other women in Bridesmaids, you have Melissa McCarthy, and then you have the, the redhead, and the redhead is the one who has a lot of kids and just doesn't really like her kids and doesn't really like her husband. And it's juxtaposed really well with Becca, played by Ellie Kepler, because she's recently married and she's just very innocent, very naive, very sweet, and has kind of these rose-colored spectacle views of marriage because she just got married and doesn't know any better. And so she brings kind of that, that sweet, comic, innocent relief to this movie, which just has you know an amazing cast. But she's so sweet in that movie. She also is in 2012, 21 Jump Street, the, the classic Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill movie. She plays the teacher that has a crush on Channing Tatum's character. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, they get together. She's also in 2013 Identity Thief. This is Melissa McCarthy with uh, Jason Bateman. We've done an episode here, Emperor Has No Clothes, Jason Bateman. And she has a small role in that. She has a role in Sex Tape. This is Cameron Diaz is one of her last movies uh, she does with Jason Segel. And she's got a role in that. And then she's in 2016 Secret Life of Pets. That's animation. We don't count that. Lego Batman movie, Smurfs. Does a lot of animation at this point. <laughs> and in fact, from 2015 on, she's just pretty much all animation. She does Secret Life of Pets, Lego Batman, Smurfs, The Lost Village, Secret Life of Pets 2, We Bear Bears, the movie. She does a voice for that. And then later on, she does... Uh, a couple of movies in 2021. She does The Stand-In, which was a very small movie, and then Home Sweet, Home Alone, which is a kid's movie. So she pretty much doesn't do anything after that. Uh, in terms of her television, aside from The Office and coming off of the heels of Bridesmaids, she gets her own show, which is The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Now, I, I loved this show, especially the first two seasons, because... She plays, and this was created by Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, so it's like the 30 Rock people. She plays a woman who, who's been in a bunker. So she's abducted by this, this religious cult leader played by John Hamm, of course. You know, they're all interconnected, all these guys. And she gets kidnapped by John Hamm when she was a teenager. So she's in a bunker for 20 years. And then she's released out of the bunker with her two other sister wives, so the television show is essentially a fish out of water because you have this super naive girl who's essentially like Jennifer Garner's character in 13 going on 30, right? It's just it's the same trope. Just She's a 15-year-old in, in an adult woman's body and how she navigates the world, seeing everything from not just the perspective of a 15-year-old, but also from somebody who's missed 20 years of what's going on in the world. And 
It's such a great show. It's got such a great cast and Jane Krakowski from Ally McBeal and from 30 Rocks in it, Carol King's in it, Titus Burgess is her black roommate, plays Titus. He's the gay character. And it's just a really funny show. It's a really funny show. She, she, she had her own standalone show uh, for quite some time. And that ran, I think it was four seasons. It ran four seasons. So it's on Netflix. So if you, you, you kind of like those fish out of water shows, She's very winning in it. She got two nominations for Emmys for her role as Kimmy Schmidt. And I, I think like her acting in that is probably no different. It's the, essentially the same character she plays on Bridesmaids. And I can't really speak if it's the same character she plays on The Office because I didn't watch The Office. But I think this is the kind of the running theme is that she's really good at playing the kind of innocent, sweet, ingenue, uncorrupted girl. And maybe that's why I like her because she's, I like the ingenues or I like the sweet ingenues. And, and so forth. And so that's pretty much been her career. Personal life, pretty boring. Pretty boring personal life. She has been with the same guy uh, since 2012, Michael Komen, who is a comedy writer. And they got married uh, 10 years ago and they have two kids, two sons. And uh, they've been together uh, since then. So very boring personal life. And that is Ellie Kemper. And again, some of you guys be like, well, she's not sexy. Well, I like my girls cute. All of you have references. There are guys who like the big boob, platinum blonde, porn star look. I find those women so unattractive. I like my women, sweet ingenues. Think of some of the early sexy Saturdays that we did. Amanda Seyfried. Think of Emmy Rossum. Think of those types. That's the type. And Ellie Kemper is just fits that mold to a teal. So, guys, I will post a poll over at Spotify. You let me know what you think of Ellie Kemper. As always, please rate and review if you haven't done so already. It takes you two seconds and it really helps make this channel grow. Also, there is a link for PayPal in the episode notes, and there's a link to the website that hosts the Eclectico Gregorio feeds. But the best way to listen to them is all on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.